0: This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers being recorded uh, in a little bit of a different setting. It is Friday morning, a little earlier than usual, and we're looking at each other face-to-face. We're in the VEASAN studios having got just done with a numbers game. so
2: That's right. We're, but we're actually in a studio for Hardwood Handicappers. You yeah, think that was English that one, I just spoke. One time before? Yeah. Has it happened? We, I was, well, we did, the, we did the video version. I don't even remember that. When was the that? The Best Bets show. Remember Best Bets? Uh, oh, Cole, okay. The numbers yeah, 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 game? Yeah, yeah. Cole, uh, or Colon <laughs> Hardwood Handicappers, Colon Playoff Preview?
0: Best bet, like Best Bets, Colon NBA Playoff <laughs> Preview Special Presented by Hardwood Handicappers <laughs> right. of in yeah, exactly. Production. But,
2: yeah, so we haven't uh, we haven't been in studio together since then. right.
0: Uh, so and very I much. keep
2: looking at cameras too, like they matter, but they don't.
0: Yeah, I'm still wearing my sport coat. Actually, you took your. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you took yours off, but I don't think you were wearing them. I, one. That yeah, on, yeah. I, I <laughs> forgot. I was the one charged with uh, being up at the desk and being camera ready. And, That's you know, right. J- you just you always got to be ready, man. You never you know when your time to shine. You do. So I went to a dog party yesterday, hoping to rub elbows with uh, elite execs of the Las Vegas market, and instead <laughs> just pet a dog a bunch because I thought he was gonna, you know, I don't know. Uh, seize up because he thought we were all there to ritualistically sacrifice him and eat him some.
2: How, how many good. people were at this thing? Bro. Man?
0: Like 40? Jeez. There was a lot of people there, man. Wow. And it is so interesting because you get the insight on, like, some people that you've – like, for example – Do you guys have the whole place to yourself? No. So the way it worked, it was like there was an outdoor patio. God. So you had and that then, area, And then it was basically? an open air into okay. the restaurant – so and so, I'm walking up and I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I don't know, like maybe it's like a back room or something. And I turn the corner and I see the patio and I see happy birthday balloons like all over the place. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> right, it's, it's a dog. For there's a dog. No, yeah. way. <laughs> there's no way. But then I saw the number two balloon and I know that Arthur was turning two. And I was like, nope, this is it. Like <laughs> this is it. And so I, I walk in and I tell the hostesses, you know, they're all there to greet me. There's like six of them. And I'm like, hi. I'm like, I'm here for the dog birthday. <laughs> and like, and like. Like three of them actually stop. And like this one girl looks at me, she goes, There's a dog person. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, it's like it's right there. <laughs> and like, so he's just like walk off. So it uh, was a good. it was a hit. It was a hit amongst uh, the people there at the restaurant for the most part. But what I was gonna say is it's so interesting in our day and age today. So for example, I um I Joe Fortenbaugh, who works at ESPN with yeah. Doug Kazirin, whose dog it was his party, was there. I have done a podcast with Joe. I've talked to him on the phone. I booked him for interviews. I have never, never met Joe in person.
2: Yeah, it happens. And, so and you know what I mean. Us, and so yep.
0: both of us were like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And like we both knew. Like, "Hey, we've interacted a bunch, but I've never really met you in person." So like it was just such an interesting thing to like kind of do that with Joe and a couple of other well, people that were good. there for those yeah. kind
2: of things. That's great because yeah. you're right. There are a lot of people that we end up talking to in this business. That's like you you text, you tweet, you get on the phone, you do shows together, yep. but you've never met them in person. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was like we had uh, we had Raheem Palmer on the other. Day. Right. Yes. Like that was one of the like Raheem, our relationship was built like thoroughly like with the first time we'd ever spoken was like in a Twitter spaces. Yeah. You know, where we had one for Vison when that was like a thing for a while. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened to those? Yeah. <laughs> <They laughs> we
2: well, had a you know, good three month run. <laughs> well,
0: what was it before? It was something else. Because remember, it was like an app that was created and then it just kind of transitioned into Twitter spaces, but it was something else. Oh, I don't know. If you remember, remember. anyway, yeah. it was on one of those. So, like, you know, talk with Raheem a bunch of times, had him on the podcast, then we finally met in Vegas for the first time and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you're right. And and I got to see some other people there. Steve Fezick was there. Bill Krakenberg was there. Man, uh, who's who? Man, who am I? Yeah, sorry. I, I messed up Bill's. Yeah, yeah. Krakenberg's, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 I, I, I left off the er. Yeah, it was a, as I say, it was a who's who and a what's what in terms of sports betting space. So felt really elite, you know? <laughs> Robin yeah. Elbows. A big and, deal, bro. Everybody knew who I was. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the important part about it. Uh, but also, I was, to make the segue, I think this is pretty smooth. I was also the weirdo at the party, Kelly, because the way it stood out is, like I said, it was all out on the patio, right? Yeah, yeah. The TVs were inside.
2: So Ooh. I was actually,
0: I like, I would walk. So I got there early, first off. It started at 6 30. I got there at 6 15 because I was like, I want to watch this game. Mm-hmm. So I figured if it's not going to start right away, I'll sit there, you know, get you know, sit at the bar, yeah, do whatever. Get a but drink, it, watch a game. Yeah. But, but it, would, it had already started. People were already there. But I was like ostracizing myself to a certain extent because I would, when the game would start back up, I would walk back outside or walk back inside and sit there by myself (laughs) and, like, stand and watch the game. Uh, And so, like, it's funny because I had, like, a couple of people, like – I watched the game period uh, like I watched the whole thing but periodically I had like a different partner. Right, you know no, what someone I mean? So somebody else would come over and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" you know? So like made friends with these two guys I'd never met before. Uh, Brady Cannon was there, yeah. so he like he walked over and watched a little bit of it w- uh, with me. Mackenzie Kramer, one of the yeah, research yeah, yeah, analysts yeah. over there, he would walk over and watch it with me. So I, I watched it with a bunch of different people just all different times. <laughs> right, 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 but I, I wanted to watch it. And then luckily, it kind of ended pretty quickly cuz the Warriors ended up blowing out the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but you got to say a lot of stuff. So let's start there. One, tw- <coughs> Whoa. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I got a tickle in my throat.
2: Yeah. one twenty-seven, 100. We see the warriors. They do bounce back in game two. Uh, we see the, the legendary trend continue, which I'm, ba- I'm glad you're back for. Cause now I don't have those numbers for me in, uh, in front of me anymore. Um, Man, but you, yes, you would the- think that we're
0: live in studio. This would be like more well-prepared. <laughs> yeah, we um, be- no, it, no, it feels no, like the, always
2: uh, like this. It yeah. feels
0: like the opposite <laughs> of it. Uh, the trend itself as um, uh, let's see. Teams down 0-1 in the series at home in game 2, 21-1 straight up, 20 and 2 against the spread in game 2 since 2019.
2: Thank you. There you go. So we saw that continue last night. Um we saw what Anthony Davis completely disappear. LeBron James try really hard for a half to make up that disappearance, of a disappearing act of Anthony Davis. And then as I thought you put so well on a numbers game, he came back out for the second half. and was like, all right, well, this one's done. Let me, uh, let me just make sure I rest up. Yep. Uh, he scored two points after his 21 in the first half. Uh, and then on the flip side, one of the things that, you know, you, you and I kind of talked about, wondered if it would happen. Well, a couple things. Did Steph Curry become more involved kind of in on-ball action? Absolutely he did. Ball ball was in his hands more. Ends the game with 12 assists for Steph Curry on 7 of 12 shooting. Really goes more into a distributing role, uh, into that point guard role. And then another thing we kind of talked about that we wondered if they, the Warriors might end up going small. Well, they did to start the game, partially because Kavon Looney dealing with an illness. Jim Michael Green inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, he had a heck of a game. I was six for, six for nine shooting on only 13 minutes. I'm just realizing yep. that right now. He had a really good game for uh, 13 minutes.
0: So I wanted to kind of go through these like one by one in terms of yeah. like, adjustments and what we saw from the game yesterday. I want to start there because so, I, obviously I was out and I didn't really look at like, I saw the change of the starting lineup because I, I got the alert. Is that why they made the change? Did did he didn't make the change, Kerr, because oh, he I, wanted to try something, or he or did he make the change because Kevon Looney was sick? Because I do think there's kind of an important distinction there, right? No, there totally
2: is. So I didn't I didn't catch anything post game, so I don't know if it was asked about post game. Everything they said pre game. Was it was because Kevon Looney was dealing with an illness. He'd be coming off the bench, and he'd be playing somewhere around 20 minutes.
0: I mean, sometimes when you win series and, like, runs to championships, I'm not saying the Warriors will win a championship. I'm just saying sometimes things like this happen where you luck into a lineup that actually might help you out. And because it was one of the things that, you know, you weren't on the podcast yesterday, and it was something that I brought up, which I didn't say start Jermichael Green, but I was like, you probably got to get more out of Jermichael Green, even just having him out there. Because when you have four guys on the floor, all who can shoot – that changes things, and when you're starting a front court of Draymond Green and Kevon Looney, because while Draymond Green will take the occasional three, he's not going to be a threat that is worth contesting. Neither is Kevon Looney. So how do you unclog your paint? Well, let's just put it: uh, let's put a four in that for his career shoots about 38 percent from three, and that you have to go out and contest. And I thought, like, kind of starting with that point, I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of roll with him again. No slide against Kevon Looney. It's just that hey, look, or maybe you go Looney and Jermichael Green as opposed right. to Draymond Green. Um, because when you're looking at it, like you need the spacing, you need it against this. Yeah, Lakers
2: you do. Team. I think Draymond. I, I, I think Draymond actually had one of his better games last night that he's had. In a oh, while. defensively, but yeah, he like, was great against so, Anthony Davis. So that's the only. I don't know if I'm taking him off the court after what we saw last night, but I think maybe the more interesting part to me was that. They chose to go because, good luck. They could have gone to one of their other starting lineups, smaller starting lineups that we've seen them go with without without a Looney, without Draymond in there, and that's insert Jordan Poole into the starting lineup, right? So they they clearly made Kerr made the decision. Hey, I'm going to stick with a big, but I need a big who can shoot, right? right. So I, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm interested by it too. And the other the, the other thing that's fascinating by it, if you're as interested in matchups as we are with this kind of stuff, is okay. Would they have done more of this if this game was tight and actually a game in the second half, right? Like, I don't really know what did, what, like, how much did you read into the fact that, okay, Jamichael, we're getting got the, got the nod for the start, right? Mm-hmm. And how sick really is Kevon Looney? And then, like you brought up, how much is that really? Did they prefer to mix things up or was Kavon Looney really sick? Well, I don't really know if we got a full answer because really only that first half was competitive and you would think. Look, just looking at a box score, 13 minutes for Jermichael Green, where he goes six of nine shooting for 15 points. Like, why the heck am I taking that guy off the court? And why would I go away from that? But we don't really know because the minutes then ended up getting spread around for this rest of the second half. Right,
0: And and I think we should emphasize too. It is because I think anybody would listen to this and go, yeah, that's fine. Well, green's not going to shoot like that. Well, that's not the point. The point is that he's there to take those shots to be a threat. He could go over in a game. The point is, is that if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you are now spread out. You have to contest a J. Michael Green three-point yes. shot. You have to, because he is a career 38% three-point shooter. So is he going to go, what was it again, six and nine? Six and nine, right. yeah, from no. the field. No, is he going to go six and nine? Six from three. Right, yeah. It, no, no, he's not. But the point is, is that now as a team, there is a fourth guy that you've got to go, hey, 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 like, and yeah. close out on him or send somebody to go close out. And then you, as another defender, have to then rotate to the guy who then went to go close out on him. So it just changes everything.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, like, real quick, like, anybody who, like, I was shocked watching the start of game one because the Lakers clearly had a defensive strategy they were going to use. And. Man, I was – you know, it was LeBron and AD are going to sag into the into the paint and Draymond and Kevon Looney, like, f- you can do whatever the hell you want on the outside. We're not going out to close out. But like you're saying, Jermichael Green forces you to get out of that kind of defense because you have to respect his shooting.
0: Yep, and the, so we're kind of focusing on these adjustments one by one, and this ties into it too. So adjustment number one, Jermichael Green in the starting lineup, having a big dad out there that can shoot, that's going to change it defensively for the Lakers. Adjustment number two that I saw yesterday is the fact that the Warriors, when they were defending, actually kind of took a page out of the Lakers book from game one, and they were like, you know what? We're sagging off everything, man. You and and LeBron, AD, you guys are going to shoot mid-range jumpers or you're going to try to come at us, but guess what? We're going to have our position established already a little bit deep on some of those drops, so you can't really just bulldoze through us. And guys like Jared Vanderbilt, I mean, think about like when you're talking about a starting lineup that you have out there on the floor if you're the Lakers. So Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt. You have to contest. You have to worry about Russell and Reeves. Davis, James, and Vanderbilt, you're more than willing to allow them to take three-point shots, and especially with LeBron, the way that his jumper hasn't really been going for him, especially from deep. That's kind of tough if you're the Lakers because now the the Warriors are like, shoot it. You get a taste of your own medicine, except you're a much worse three-point shooting team. We're not defending anybody. We're just going to sag off. We're going to go from there. And I thought that was a really big reason why they got off to the start that they did and ultimately were out of it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I think you're right. And it's the, now, okay, now it's the game of adjustment for the Lakers. How do they come back and deal with, uh, you know, answer that kind of question? And it's, it's we saw Davis missing shots early in the yep. paint. It's, I know it's easy just to say this, and you're going to hear a lot of people say, it, but it is, like it, you have to put him into Into motions and sets where he can be where he can be more aggressive and then he has to be more aggressive and like here's the thing James you just brought up a a bunch of okay we don't want any of those three guys Vanderbilt James Davis really taking three pointers right but I have no problem with Anthony Davis taking as long as you're trying to get to the basket if it ends up you having to settle for a 10 12 foot jumper fine. That you are taller than everybody on the team. You have a good you have a good jump shot. Like there's there's nobody that's really gonna be able to contest that shot. And what I one of the big things I took away from game two is that AD didn't even want to put himself in the congestion where he'd have to make a decision like that. And I think that's that's where I think that's why I think I think you saw LeBron being a lot more aggressive the first half because he was like, okay, AD, AD's not doing this or can't do it. I've got to do, take that role on a bit more. Was able to score a lot in that first half. Still didn't really see them get to the free throw line at all. I mean, they only go, what was it, 10 for 17 on the entire night. So 17 trips to the free throw line, 17 shots in total. But for LeBron, it was nothing. And for AD, all he shot was one. Um, so, yeah, I think LeBron kind of recognized that early. And then, and then again, all we can really look into is the first half. Because by, by the time mm-hmm. the second half started... We're talking
0: I mean it's probably like five minutes into the third quarter. You kind of figured like this yeah. thing was gonna be distanced and I mean this is, is what happened. we're
2: talking eighty eighty four to forty-seven over the second and third quarters yeah. is what the Warriors outscored. So yep. That is incredible.
0: So um as we talk about this moving forward, I have like the way I've looked at this is the Warriors have what I've called like two constants, which we'll talk about here in a second, that I think are gonna like just be there the entire series. When we were talking about this on a numbers game, I used the word rigid to describe what the Lakers can kind of do in this series from an adjustment standpoint. Would you agree with that? Because if you look at the personnel and for, for those who are listening to this who didn't catch our conversation in a numbers game, what I mean by rigid is if you look at like the Los Angeles Lakers and the adjustments from a personnel standpoint that they can make when it comes to, okay, like they're, they're essentially, they're Mike Jermichael green, right? What can they do to change the makeup of their lineup? And you look around and you're like, all right, well, I mean, I guess, can we play Malik Beasley? Like, he's barely getting into these games now. Um, you want to put Troy Brown out there for yeah, a little mean, bit I more, mean, but he's not a real three-point threat.
2: I mean, Hachimura.
0: Hachimura, I guess, is maybe what you're doing, right? Is you're you maybe you're inserting him into the starting lineup, but then again, that's the problem. Who are you taking out? Vanderbilt? you're not because he's your best curry threat y- you you're can't. not taking out aD or LeBron and you're not taking out your other two most consistent shooters in Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell which leads to my comment of rigidity yeah there's like there's not a ton
2: there's nothing they can do with the start right that. so yeah. it,
0: it kind of boils down to my confidence that has always been there for the Warriors which is just If you're the Warriors, you had this in your back pocket, which is we can at least adjust our lineups. We can go different formations. We can do different things to put different personnel out there. We have bigger lineups. We have smaller lineups. We have shooting lineups. For the Lakers, it's like, we're big, we're strong we get to basket and like, that's it. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like I don't know,
2: but, but, Go ahead. It, but it, but that's in game one. We saw that work. Yes, no,
0: but here's my rebuttal. Right? It worked until you gave up a 14, nothing run. They tied the game and it was there for them after they were trailing the entire time. Like, I just, I think when you're looking at this, like I look at that, I'm, I'm looking at the series and I'm granted for our audience that's listening to yeah. this. I'm willing to say, I'm looking at this very narrow mindedly because I have my thoughts about this series. <laughs> But if you look at from the start of the fourth quarter from game one up until the, what we watched yesterday in game two, that was the adjustment. The Warriors went, Curry's running pick and rolls. We're spreading you out, and we're running. Yes. And those things worked in the fourth quarter to the point where they overcame a, or excuse me, a 14-point deficit, and it worked in game two to where they blew them out. And I just wonder, like, what is your, okay, like, I, this is going to be a nerdy reference, yeah. right? I used to watch Yu-Gi-Oh all the time when I was a kid. And all the time, it's a card game, right? <laughs> okay. it, it's so, great. It's great anime. <laughs> but it like the the it's joke like Pokemon? is yeah, don't insult Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, and so oh, yeah, oh, okay. and so like the whole the, the point is is like every time closer, closer, yes, closer. But the whole point is that the joke is like every time in the game in the, in the show, it would be like I play this. And he's like, well, I have a trap card. And he's like, well, I have a trap card. Uh, so okay. it's like just back and forth with this ridiculous uh, right, like yeah, one-up yeah. thing. Yeah. What's the Lakers trap card? What are they playing here that is changing this, that is then forcing the Warriors to adjust again? Because I just don't know what it is.
2: Anthony Davis being like, I would, it would be AD pick and rolls one after another. Like yeah. f- like forcing, forcing Anthony Davis to not only have, to not even have an option about whether or not he wants to be involved in the offense, that, that play or not, right? right. And we, we spoke about this after game one, where I made the point of you, they... They wouldn't played him every minute in that second half of game one because I think he felt, and maybe Ham felt as well, that his defense was so important in the paint, and that was great. That worked out well. They kept Golden State away from the rim. That worked out really well. But what did AD do? He started taking plays off on offense, and I'll continue to say, I think he is... The he is the most important. He's the biggest mismatch you have and biggest advantage you have offensively. So yes, I understand the importance of his defense, but it has to be just important what he does on the offensive side of the ball. So I am I'm just designing plays and running an offense that is when he's on the court court constantly has him involved, so he doesn't even have the option of taking a play off. Yeah. And it's look, is that really an answer to your question? Maybe not, but that's that's is best that the Lakers can do is, is Anthony Davis having a huge series, so you have to figure out the way to get
0: there. Yeah, and so and, and you're playing – actually, it's funny. I think you're doing a good job of playing devil, devil's advocate here. I, you 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 do think the Warriors are winning the series, don't you? Yeah. So, like, we're kind of in the same place. We're just talking but this through from both perspectives. I no, really of course, think of it
2: be really tight.
0: And So, I, I mentioned two constants.
2: And I, like, I, I'll, go, go I'll go a little crazy. I think – even though we're talking about a team a team that you know like you said well oh, we're big bro. we can get to the rim yeah. i think that team has the lakers have the higher ceiling in this matchup where the Warriors have the higher floor like which which sounds odd to say about a heavy a reliant three-point shooting team and a jump shooting team to not have the higher ceiling but it's these ad nuclear games if he goes nuclear like he goes in game 1 I don't think the Warriors can stop him or have an answer. But, like we always bring up, is the consistency with Anthony Davis. And if he can't do that consistently, then the high floor of the Warriors, quality shooting, quality shots, is going to just beat them down one shot after another.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I can see that. So, really quickly, as we spend a lot of time on this, we spend this forward. I mentioned my two constants that I think the Warriors are always going to have in this series. Offensive efficiency off of live rebounds in the first two games so far, 127.3, 166.7. I think they're going to be able to run throughout this entire series. And then we know what the other constant is. It's the three-point shooting. The three-point shooting is always going to be there for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, In the first two games, they shot 40.4% from three in game one, 55.9% in game two. Again, this is non-garbage time numbers, but again, just giving the idea of they can run, they can shoot. And I think that's why ultimately as we watch this series spin forward and I talk about – Everything here, and by the way, very quietly, because, again, we can talk about it being an off-night, whatever, a defensive rating of 101 yesterday for the Golden State Warriors, that's like the creepy thing. That's the thing that's creeping up here, yeah. which is we, I mentioned it before the series started, right? They didn't get enough credit for what they did to Sacramento defensively, holding them to an offensive rating of 110 for that whole series, and then here we are again, like game one, all right, tough spot off of a game seven with one day of rest to come back and play at home against the Lakers who have been getting ready for you. But then we get to game two where you're back at home again and you're ready to go. Good defensive rating. You shoot well again from three. You're running and getting success off the transition. That's why I just keep kind of coming back to the yeah. point where I'm like, yeah, I think as we kind of spin this forward, like I'll, I will make a bet on the Lakers with the series because of my position. Right. But I do think that this Warriors team is in a good position to win this series.
2: So and that's just, just real quick. So like that's where I know it sounds simple, but that's where what you saw the differences between game one and game two is, okay, if AD, and this is where I, this is where, again where I put the emphasis on his offense because it's if you're in the paint and you're around for rebounds, possible offensive rebounds, a lot, you know, to keeping the, keeping the Warriors from getting on the break, or you're making shots from in close, or you're getting to the free throw line. All of these are a way of not only making your offense better, but it hurts the goal, Golden State in transition where they're always going to be good, right? So that's where it's. It's it, it just, it, it, we can talk about this so much. It just comes down to such a simple answer to me as AD has to be great. And LeBron can't be too far behind him. Yeah. And LeBron, LeBron has to be able to do. And I think and he did this in the first half yesterday. He had, and we talked about this on a number game. Steph Curry evolved his changed his game yesterday for what the team needed most out of him to win. And that he was can do it. Don't and he can. If
0: anybody it. thinks that that's like an outlier, don't like Absolutely. He, he's, I I will say this again. I mean it. Obviously, I said the whole greatest of all time, whatever. I think he's one of the greatest point guards we've seen. And, and he can play that style of basketball. And
2: that's my point, though, about him and LeBron. They're two right. of the greatest we've ever seen. LeBron knows what type of role he needs to play for the team to best succeed. And we saw a little bit about that that with him game one. He was barely on ball, too. He was playing off ball. And that seemed to catch the Warriors off guard a bit. And that really kind of, I think, uh, changed things up for them. So... I don't know. This series, man, we were excited about it going in. I'm still – I think this is going to be an awesome series through through six or seven games.
0: A reminder for all of us um, that are listening to this podcast, we want to introduce you to our new friends here at Harvard Handicappers. Juice Reel, an exciting new innovation in sports betting. Not another sports book. If you haven't heard of it, Juice Reel, a free tool that you should be using. It's going to revolutionize the way you follow your bets and make betting decisions. Must-have app lets you connect all the betting accounts that you have from wherever you bet, and all of your betting history automatically loads in. But Juice Reel, more than just a bet tracker – It's actually going to track your trends. You're going to see stats about your own betting behavior and track records that you've never known before. Juice Reel analyzes data from its entire user base to help you bet even smarter as well. It's really just the tip of it, man. We don't really have a lot of time to tell you about everything that Juice Reel has to offer, but it's free, and you can download it now, iPhone or Android today. Download Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L. Every sports bettor in all 50 states should be using Juice Reel. Let's yeah. take our break. Wait, uh, we got uh, something. I was, yeah, I was
2: just going to say, awesome to have a sponsor on the pod. I downloaded the app yesterday. Really intuitive, really easy to work through. Great way to track bets and kind of get, get, like you had in the read, to get some insight on what – your bets are looking like over over different periods of time right so it's a, a great tool to have you should download it now
0: let's step aside really quickly when we come back uh, we have two games tonight kelly and i both uh on board baby nuggets training to keep on rolling let's end this thing and let's talk a little bit more about what we saw from lakers and warriors but we'll talk more about it from a trends betting perspective that's when we return here on hardwood handicappers All right, back here on Hardwood Handicappers. Kelly Bidlin and I in studio for this. A couple minutes left. So let's wrap on this first off. Uh, as we talked about with um, the betting trend on a numbers game, and it's a topic that I brought up yesterday when you were not here. The willingly paying a tax on a trend that is working very well. Yep. Teams that are down one nothing at home in a series. 21-1 straight up, 20-2 against the spread in game two since 2019 after the Warriors win and cover yesterday. So this is something that I brought up on a numbers game, and I'll reiterate for our folks here listening. Is there a chance that you're looking at this trend because the the numbers person in me, the data person in me, says, you should not upgrade the Warriors point spread by two and a half points just because they lost the game. But that's exactly what the market did and they got there. They won, they covered with ease. So am I looking at it the wrong way? Is that actually? The bounce back, whatever you equated to, whether it be something yeah. that you brought up, which is being able to, you know, adjust it a little bit easier. Role players playing at home for a second consecutive yeah, game, in whatever it is, you're the better team, yeah. right? And most are all of time, those things that, actually worth an adjustment of like two, two and a half points, and thus you actually could talk yourself into betting a trend like this, even though you as a better are getting no value?
2: Yeah, more. I think it's uh, this is going to be a real cheap, uh, cheap answer for you, but uh, yes, I think at times it maybe, maybe. yeah, <laughs> I think at times it is right, but that's the. Uh, Yeah, like okay, but when people bring up spot betting all the time, right? Not all spots are created equal. Not all spots are created equal to each individual person, right? Mm -hmm. That was a that was a good spot. I liked, uh, I liked for the warriors that I liked game one. I thought it was a good spot for the Lakers in game one. I have no freaking clue. what's going to happen in game three, right? So it's the, when you get to the playoffs and this is where coaching comes into, you get to back a coach that you have confidence in like Steve Kerr to make the correct adjustments. He did, um, I'm going to say like with every trend, it is not something you should follow blindly. Uh, there is going to often be a lot of factors to consider when you're uh, when you're utilizing it. Uh, but look, I think there's a lot of times that when you look back over the course of history of those, those teams that have dropped that first game and come back and won that second game, you're going to find out reasons why they did it and what why it happened. And it fits into that trend.
0: Yeah. All right. That makes a lot of sense. I was, and I was listening. I promise. I saw something (laughs) fun. I saw something funny on Twitter. I know you because you you were looking at each other. Twitter's awesome, it has nothing to do with (laughs) what we're talking about, and I'll show you afterwards. But uh, I think Twitter's awesome. So, and look, as we're talking about this trend, too, it'll probably die. So, um, right,
2: right. I mean, we are you brought it up well in a numbers game. The biggest thing with any trend is sample size, and we're still talking about like what a 22 game sample size. Like, that is not overwhelming enough at all for you to be like. Lock it in every time I get this situation, right?
0: So let's spin this forward. The other trend that everybody loves: team down two nothing, going back home, first quarter, first half. That is the Phoenix Suns tonight. Suns are, as we record this, a four point favorite for the game, a three and a half point favorite for the first half against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you and I are both in already. I got the money line here, so do you? Uh, pretty similar places, right? I got plus one seventy, you got plus one sixty five. Yep. Um. I think the Nuggets, obviously, I thought that price was wrong. I think the Nuggets are going to win this game. I mean, I don't know what I would ask you. I was going to say, tell me why I'm wrong. (laughs) You think I'm wrong. You think I'm right. So, I don't know. It's just, look, I understand the scenario here coming back home. The Suns have nothing in terms of depth. And is there a reality in which Kevin Durant goes nutso, scores like 50 points, and they end up winning this game? Sure. Perfectly plausible. But when I see a bench that has been playing as well as the Denver Nuggets, I'm sorry, but even going on the road, I think they're going to be in a perfectly fine, like, position to win this game outright and take a 3-0 series lead.
2: Yeah, me too. So, the the game I think we play is, okay, how do you, how do the Suns win this game, right? There's one way. And there's one way, right? It, it, It is their combination of stars absolutely going nuclear and then... And it, and it probably also involves those two going nuclear and one more guy, like a Landry to...
0: Shaman, a Tory exactly, Craig a campaign, yes. yeah. P-
2: putting in eighteen or twenty that you didn't see coming at all. Right?
0: I, I'll never forgive Tory Craig. He he averaged like twenty points on like sixty percent shooting against the Clippers in the first round. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so and I, I will never feel more confident than I do. There are two times that I feel confident in making a statement that there's no way anybody can prove me wrong or right. Which is, and they both have to do with the Clippers. Clippers would have totally won the Western Conference the year that Kawhi tore his ACL. Clippers would have totally beat the Phoenix Suns if they were healthy. Oh, I, and when I say healthy, yeah. I mean just one of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, and specifically Kawhi Leonard. Well, if he plays I that series, I'm right. They're staying inside two and a half games, and they're beating the Suns. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not wrong about I mean, that. I was and on that. On top of that, you now just going to rant really quickly. Everybody else, right? This is this is actually what I wanted to hit on really quickly, Kelly, because this is perfect. When I when we talk about things, I was and. We'll play this back if the Suns come back, rip off four straight wins, and beat the Denver Nuggets and go on to win the yeah, NBA yeah. Finals.
2: Yeah, we'll look like idiots. It's all good.
0: But everybody and their mother talking about this Suns team, like there's some perfect amalgamation of players that were going to just romp through the Western Conference based on eight games of data yeah. against some of the worst teams in the NBA or the team they're playing now that didn't play anybody. And the two times that they met, I just, I'm not, I don't want to call anybody idiots. All I'm saying is I think that the suns are a cautionary tale of a simple data thing. You need larger sample sizes to feel confident in your returns. And so I'm sorry if I didn't really buy into the suns beating the piss out of the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago bulls and the, whoever else they faced in the eight games with Kevin Durant. And I was amazed by the confidence of the market and some smart basketball people that I respect just being like that Western conference, ah, Clippers easy out. Uh, ah, they're going to roll through the nuggets. Like, I just, I think it's a cautionary tale for anybody. You need more in terms of sample size and data because I see everybody getting blown away, Kelly, by the lack of this depth. Like, like three Phoenix Suns players got abducted right before the series started against yeah, Denver. Like, yeah. no, this has been them. Like, this is what they've been rolling with.
2: Yeah, I think that, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of speaking about myself here. Like when Kevin Durant got traded, if you wanted to get excited about the Suns like I did, and I went and instantly bet them.
0: I, I like, but you bet them because the number had not moved at the it shop that you were, pre- yes, you were exactly. at and yes. you were grabbing a number that is you were true. not saying the phoenix suns are going to be the best team ever created and i want to bet this number <laughs> no matter where it moves cuz <laughs> if that had moved would you have bet it
2: no of course no, i wouldn't have i wouldn't have um i bet but even then i think people still bet the suns right when that move happened if they assumed that like kind of like i did that the that the suns would still try to tweak this roster more as much as they could then I'm okay with that. But the problem is they really they really weren't able to do anything. Right. And you and I have brought this up multiple times. I think the Suns, I think the Suns go down in the series. I think they lose. I think there has been a ton of overreaction to this team, uh, with very limited games played with with Kevin Durant on the court, right? And with look, a terrible bench. This is this will be a completely different story next year when when they get a summer to go through acquiring different players and reshaping this roster to really fit around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And no, I, I'm only I'm only saying those two names for right. a reason because I think I think that Chris Ball and DeAndre Ayton need to be afterthoughts at this point. You need to create your best roster possible around those two key pieces. And yes, I think the Suns will be one of the favorites in the Western conference next year for myself. I think they will be by the, by the better gods anyways, but I, I think far more rightfully. So next year than what they were this year,
0: but Chris Paul's partially guaranteed next year and non-guaranteed in 2024, 2025. So he, he probably maybe could yeah. be done here or, or I mean, you don't want to pay 30 plus million for a guy that rides your bench, but maybe that's it. Maybe you just relegate the role to a, you know, off the, off the, if I could talk off the bench guard, if that you want to do that, but I would agree with you for the most part. You, you, you just got to add some depth, and maybe DeAndre Ayton just sitting around under the stanchion watching the you know, Nikola Jokic <laughs> grab 17 offensive rebounds in a single possession probably isn't the guy that you
2: want. <laughs> right, exactly. I think but you just paid for him. I, so. I think it's. I, I mean, that's the problem. You just paid the guy. Um, I think the the Sun situation too, and how people react to it. GVT. I think you could equate it a bit to. um, some of these like when the some of the big 3 started happening right and it's like oh man you got three superstars on a team and what we saw at first was the the only, the only way those teams worked was when you were, when you had you were able to add still quality veteran players on veteran minimum deals mm-hmm. right otherwise What happened? Same thing that's happening in Phoenix. You have lack of depth, and it's an issue, and when you get into the playoffs, you need at least eight guys that you can roll out there for solid minutes that are going to all contribute, and when you've got three guys and then a bunch of nothing, it's really hard to win, and that's kind of what it looks like in Phoenix right now, is you got two guys, but they can't win you every game that you're going to face, especially when you're playing quality opponents at this point in the season. Mm -hmm.
0: I do not disagree. Before we get to our next series a reminder for you to check out juice reel if you haven't heard of it. juice reel the free tool that you should be using you've heard of it you're listening to the uh, hardwood handicappers podcast our new sponsor here must have app that lets you connect all the betting accounts from wherever you bet and all your betting history automatically loads in juice reel more than just a bet tracker too you're going to see stats about your own betting behavior and track record that you have never known before kelly just started using it. i just downloaded it today as well it has been absolutely fantastic tool early on juice reel analyzes data from its entire user base as well to help you bet even smarter. Make sure you check it out today, iPhone or Android. That's Juice Reel. Juice R E E L. Every sports better in all 50 states should be using Juice Reel. So before we get out of here, anything tonight? I mean, you and I both have money line on the Nuggets. Our yep. there, there other game later tonight that we haven't hit on a bunch that we're going to see this evening is game three between the sec- uh, the Sixers. The Sexers, I guess yeah, somebody might call them sexist. that. Uh, and the And uh, the Boston Celtics. Again, a series that I, I think there's a lot of times, too, where I've gotten that you don't have anything tonight, and it's like, well, no, I have series bets, and I like to see those play out over large sample sizes. I don't really feel a need unless there's a really strong angle, like the total in game two here, that I really want to jump on. Nothing here for at least this game, just the money line for the Nuggets.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I I mean, I definitely lean the Boston side of things. I wanted to see where that number moved. It has moved towards the Boston side. So I'll be looking to get in live tonight. I think that Philadelphia, uh, you know, look, we got, we got an absolutely phenomenal performance out of James Harden in game one. I think they looked a little discombobulated good word, discombobulated uh, in game two with uh, Joel Embiid back, but not fully understanding, I think, minutes to use him, how to use him, how the rest of the offense should work around him. Um, I assume that gets better, but I'd rather that's one of those, look, NBA live betting is probably about some of the best live betting options that you get. I'd like to see that play out in front of my eyes before I make a bet in this game, but it will probably be – uh, it will be Celtics sided. So if it's if it's Celtics come out shooting poorly or I still think that the 76ers don't have it together with what they're doing with Embiid, then I'll be jumping in live on Boston.
0: Oh boy, here we go. Uh, Jessica Alba is trending yet again on Twitter. This is her third straight day trending on Twitter.
2: Well, would what did she make the 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 tough tough trip down to Miami as I'm assuming uh, Jessica Alba?
0: No, cuz <laughs> now because she's starting to like so now that uh, what's it called? Now that she started to trend, right? So the first is she's just trending because, hey, it's just Galba. And all people like our age are like, you know, like, hey, just Galba. Obviously, like I said, 14-year-old John watching Sin City. It was (laughs) life-changing. It was great. So, you know, everybody's like, you know, all nostalgic about just Galba. Then the next thing, she starts trending the next day because of the Julius Randall thing. Like, all of a sudden, she's best friends with Julius Randall. None of us knew. I still
2: haven't gotten to the bottom of that. Right.
0: So now today she's trending because, of course, you got to get the other side of this, which is people start pushing back and be like, she's not that hot. She's mad. Blah, and it's like now she's trending because people are jumping to her defense. Like Twitter and social media is crazy. This is ridiculous. But she's trending now for a third straight day.
2: So Yeah, that's pretty silly. And you know what? Jess Galpa doesn't deserve it. Or maybe she does. I don't really know. I don't know her personally. But she has an age in about 20 years. That's what I know about her. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is the part two. And we also saw, can I also just say, I went on a rant earlier and I will close out on this. <laughs> okay. I got annoyed by this. I'm, I don't want to say anti, but I can't think of a better term, so I'm going to use it. I've been known to be labeled as anti New York. Okay.
2: Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, you have.
0: <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, like, as I mentioned the other day, I'm sick of the shots of all the stars at the games and everything like that, right? During the broadcast, it's all you do. All right, here's the thing, mainstream media. I saw a whole bunch of stars at the Warriors game yesterday, but I saw it on social media, not on endless clips during the game of Zendaya with Tom
2: Holland, I think is the kid. wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, see, yeah, okay, they did show it on the broadcast. They okay? did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay, so. She wasn't the only one there, though. But, but, but no, so, John, what I'm going to tell you is they showed it on the broadcast, but to your point, they didn't show it, like, six different times during the game. I saw it, like, once. Right. Also, am I like really, am I just like too old and out of touch that like, like okay, so I saw her in Spider Man or whatever. Has she done way more than that that I'm supposed to know about? Isn't like, Well, she's, yeah, I mean, like they, she's, they, she's they one show of those... her like she's, like she's Jess Galba or, or no, or like way bigger than Jess Galba.
0: So, of her, I think of her generation, she is. Um, oh, okay. And it's right. not like that's far from our generation. I think it's at the tail end. Like we would yeah. still be in there a little bit because she's, I think, mid 20s. I do not know anything
2: else she done besides um, Spider
0: Man. She is. Movies. So you like succession, right? Yeah, that's HBO. Yeah, she's on. Uh, what is that? Um, dang, what's her show? There's like a four season show of her on HBO. Really? What's that again? Euphoria. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: so I know that show's really popular. But I've she's never actually
0: watched it. she's a really good actress. She plays like this drugged out chick. Can I also say this is why I love shows like this? It's supposedly based on like high school kids. She's 26. Yeah, she looks like she's 18. Yeah, but like she like it's based on like this high school. And it's, like, one of those where, like, you know, I knew kids that got into stuff in high school. But, like, these kids are, like, shooting up heroin in, like, the middle of math class. And, like, you got, like, other kids just, like, trying to take their math test. And they're, like, dude, can we, like, chill? You guys like, crushing pills and, like, shooting each other in the hallways. And, like, high
2: school was never really like this. Let's just chill yeah. out. But yeah. Euphoria
0: is like one of her big current projects.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. that's that's fair. Then that answers my question. But she's also because I know that I know that's a huge show on HBO. W-
0: but I'd say that's what I that's what I know her most for. But she was popular before that, and I didn't know that she's like. I don't know what got her to the level of fame where she just gets to go by one name.
2: Oh yeah, great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. What the hell?
0: Like usually you got to be like pretty large, like to go by just the single name.
2: I'm just going by Kelly for
0: yeah. My honor. I don't think I don't, I'm not <laughs> no sure
2: Midland anymore. I'm not sure. Sorry, Zend- Dad, just Kelly. I don't know.
0: Zendaya is her real name. You might want to look that up. I think that might be a star name. But yeah, usually you got to be pretty popular to go by just the one name. And like, that's what it was. Like, she's always just been Zendaya. Z-
2: yeah. I think it's Zendaya. Zendaya Marie Stormer Coleman.
0: Oh, so Zendaya is her real name.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. It's her, so it's not like just her first
0: name. It's just oh, like, I'm okay, yeah, just right. going by Kelly. All right. Well then never mind. It is a cool no name. No
2: more last is just Kelly. It's a cool name, so I guess I would go by it, too. And then eventually we're going to shorten it. It's just going to be Z for her, just K for me.
0: Then it'll just be a symbol, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> just Mike a Prince, symbol.
0: <laughs> rest in peace. All right, with that, uh, we are all done. Uh, make sure you check out Hardwood Handicappers. So you are if you're listening to it. But everything else we have to offer up on the website at vcin.com. It is Friday, so remember, still time to check out the Kentucky Derby Guide and everything we have to offer. Field is changing, so you want to make sure you hit that up. And the NHL playoffs are rolling on of course just as the NBA playoffs are, too. Make sure you check out our guys, Danny Burke and, and, and Andy McNeil, over on the NHL Hockey Betting Podcast for v And our guy, Adam Burke, who does a great job covering baseball. Till then, we'll talk to you on Monday here on Hardwood Handicappers. Make sure you check out Live Bet Saturday with Kelly and myself. Yeah. It's kind of like Harvard Handicappers, but like over the course of four hours. <laughs>